Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Welcome to City of Life Church. Thank you for joining us today. Glad house. Glad you're in the house. Who feels the presence of the Holy Spirit here today? I could just tell that God is moving. I can tell he's working. I believe those of you that are watching online today, he's moving on your behalf as well. Who has a couple of things that you would like to see settled in 2022 before this year is over? We got another, we got a, we got a couple weeks here uh, for God to finish out some things. I'm believing for God to do some new things in me before this year is over with. Because I want to go into 2023 with a lot of great expectations about the, the awesome things that God can do in me. Would you do something for me really quick? Would you look at the person next to you? Just get this out of the way. Say, yes, you look good. Okay, just get that out of the way because they're wondering. They're wondering about that. Say, yes, you look good. But the second thing, say, believe it or not, I have a few things I could work on in my life. Tell somebody that. Say, say believe it or not, I have a few things I could work on. I, I have you say that because we don't really like to say this. <clears throat> We don't really like to say this too much. Uh, you know, unless we're, you know, it's like I heard a song the other day that was playing on the radio that, that said, you know, I'm imperfect. And like the, the song was kind of like, it was almost like, you felt like this person that was singing, it was actually saying, oh, well, I am perfect, but I, I'm, technically I'm not perfect. And I think this is kind of the way that we talk about our flaws a lot. It's like, we're pretty good. We, we, we talk that way. We're, like, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm not perfect. But then we go down the list of all the you know, things that we think are so great about ourselves. Say, I'm not perfect. I mean, I don't kill people. I don't do drugs. I don't, you know, I don't lie. I don't cheat. And we're telling all these perfect things that we do. So it's interesting that our, our, our view of ourselves sometimes is pretty high. So please don't be shocked today if through God's word, he begins to reveal to you and me things about our lives that he wants. He wants those things from us. He wants us to grow. Would you be surprised that God doesn't always want you coming into church, leaving with a huge smile on your face? There are times that he wants you to leave thinking, what just happened? What did he just say to me about my life? If we are judging our churches and our services and our spiritual development on how tweetable we think everything is, we have really missed it. Today, God wants to do something deep in us. He's got a little time here left, a couple of weeks in 2022. Why have I said that multiple times? Because that's measurable. That means that I could look at my life the week before Christmas, and I could look at my life January 1st, and say, I'll never forget what God did in my life the last couple of weeks of 2022. There are some things in me that I didn't recognize for a long time, that because I, I listened a little bit, I let the Lord do something special in me. That's what I'm, I hope happens today in church. That's what I hope happens today through the worship that we've experienced, the word that we're about to partake of, I hope it's something that's life-changing because God knows we don't just need another church service, right? We've got plenty of those. 
You can go online and watch a million different church services from places all over the world. We don't just need another one. We need an effective one. And I want to be in the middle of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. So, um, greetings to you. Uh, I'm excited about our Christmas Eve service. I cannot believe, I cannot believe it is this Saturday. It's unbelievable. Uh, Five o'clock is going to be fantastic. Definitely invite your family. This is a, a beautiful, fun tradition here at City of Life. We really honor the Lord. It's also a very special time of engagement with our church family and our church community. Uh, don't drink too much coquito before you come here because we don't want this being uh, really lit and some of those Puerto Rican parties get really crazy. Uh, moderation is very important when it comes to this stuff. Uh, but actually, it's going to be so, so much fun. Looking forward to our kids being here, celebrating, doing all the traditional uh, Christmas stuff together as a, as a family. It's going to be so much fun. Then remember Christmas. I know you've seen this stuff already, but I just want to remind you again that uh, it's important to me. This, this schedule is important to me, too. Uh, Christmas at home next Sunday morning. Uh, we ask you to join us in the, at the 930, the 1130. Uh, really be a part of that. Uh, that is, that's a, and I know it's, it's, it seems inconvenient to break up your schedule of what Christmas normally looks like for you to tune in and to watch on TV or, or get around a laptop, but we're asking families to do that, to actually do that together on time at the time it happens. Try to push your, uh, your traditions, family traditions around a little bit. We're doing it so you can do it at home, but it's very important that we celebrate together on Christmas Day and then next year, next week, uh, two weeks, you know, uh, Saturday, our New Year's Eve service. That is so fun. That, one of the greatest parts of that service is I love that Pastor Amy and I, my family, and our pastors, we come down to the front of the building with anointing oil, and we touch every person in the building. We anoint each family uh, individually with oil to go into the new year so that we step out into that new year with healing, with protection, with favor. Uh, that's a really beautiful service. Then New Year's Day at home is the following week on Sunday. Uh, no in-person services, but for the next two weeks, we'll be having service at home. We're asking every person to participate in that. Very, very important. Luke chapter two. Can we give our band a great hand? A great job today, guys. Phenomenal. Love these guys. These guys put in such hard work on a regular basis and present such excellence to set an atmosphere for us every week. We appreciate it so much. Luke chapter two, verses 13 through nine says this. Very famous uh, verse. It says, suddenly... A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, now remember, an angel had appeared to the shepherds, and after the angel appears to the shepherds and tells them about Jesus, now we have this that says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What a beautiful phrase. It's so beautiful. I'm going to read it one more time. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed 
at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm gonna talk to you today a message that is called Listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your precious spirit. Thank you for the Christmas season, the meaning of the incarnation, what it actually means to us as we are in this rhythm of celebrating. Lord, celebrating your birth, what it means to the world to have a fulfilled promise of a Savior. Lord, let us take it in. Let's, let us take that meaning in deeply today, what it actually means to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would transform hearts today. I pray that you would renew hope in people that have given up in areas of their lives. Let there be healing in this place today. Lord, I know that my family is sick right now. God, I know that they need miracles in their bodies. We pray for families all over this building, Lord, the family members that are sick right now, people that are watching online that are sick right now that need miracles. We thank you that we believe in Jehovah Rapha. We believe that with your stripes we are healed, Jesus, of fulfillment of Isaiah 53 and 5. Let your healing power be manifest in our church right now, God. Let lives be changed by the power of the name of Jesus. Right now be healed of all diseases, all sicknesses, God. Lord, receive restoration, encouragement, mental illness, Lord, physical weariness in people's bodies, people that need miracles. Let it happen right now in Jesus' name and let us receive this word with joy today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. So today I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna tell you my three points to give you, uh, I'm just gonna give it all to you up front and then we're gonna go through them one by one so you won't have any mystery building up about what's coming. But today I'm gonna talk to you in this story about the story of these shepherds getting to see this really amazing stuff and then going and telling everyone else. And I think within this little text that we just read, we find three main points that are very powerful, and I'm going to dig into each one of them uh, particularly. But I think this story teaches us who we need to listen to. That's number one, who we need to listen to. The second thing it teaches us is what we need to listen for what we need to listen for. And the third thing it teaches us is how we need to listen. Okay, so today I've called this message, Listen to the Lord. So listening is gonna be uh, kind of the theme that goes underneath all this. And listening is a very interesting thing because when it comes to listening, if you're not listening, you really don't know it, right? You really don't know if you're not listening. It reminds me of a story. I remember when I was dating Amy years ago, this is in the 90s, we were up in South Carolina and we were at this beautiful place where there's this shopping, there's this, all these beautiful uh, buildings that with water features everywhere and it was kind of cool outside and we were walking around, we're holding hands and I was just so enamored and in love and just this amazing moment and she's telling me this story. She worked at a camp up there. And she, we're holding hands, and she's, I'm like, God, she is gorgeous, and I'm, I'm looking at her, and like, we're just having, you ever have a moment, you know, you're kind of caught up in a moment, and I'm walking around caught up in this moment, and she's telling me this story, and she goes, and she finishes the story, and I remember there's this pause, and I go, oh, that, that's awesome. And she goes, what? I go, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I was like, I was just like, you know, I'm kind of in the moment, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm really listening to what she's saying. She goes, that is not awesome. I go, what, what happened? She broke her leg. 
I go, oh God, that's not awesome at all. That's terrible. That's terrible. And isn't it funny how how I, I kind of had been in this moment where all the information is there. There's only two people. She's talking to me. She's telling me everything for every foreseeable reason. I I should have been listening to what she was saying, but I wasn't listening at all. And so sometimes when you're not listening, you pretend that you're listening, right? That maybe if you just say that, that's awesome, she'll think you were listening to the story. I didn't even know I wasn't listening. It happened to me again yesterday. Amen. Amen, Amen and Jude have been sick. They've been really, really sick, like for a week, like not even able to come out of their rooms, like really sick. It's been terrible. And uh, they, so they, they both finally come out of their caves, you know, and they're, 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 their humanity is present in the room. And, and I'm watching football, and they're like kind of talking about something. And Aim says something, but at the time that she said it, um, I was laughing at the, the quarterback getting sacked in this game, the way he got sacked, it made me laugh so hard. And so then she starts laughing and Jude starts laughing, but they think I'm laughing at what they said. And, <laughs> and, and then she's like, you weren't even listening to me. I said, I'm sorry, I'm watching football. She's like, well, we haven't even talked to humans in three days. And you're, 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 you're laughing at something. So is it same kind, of, same kind of thing. There are times that we're just not listening. Who admits that you've spent a lot of your life not listening? Thank you for listening to that question. I appreciate that. <laughs> if you know you're not listening, uh, you're actually kind of listening. Because the not listening that really gets us in trouble is, is when we don't know it. We don't know we're not listening, right? And, and this happens with people sometimes. And, and let, let me just throw this out there in this message, because I want this to be one of those ones that we didn't see coming, and we're like, wow, I'm really glad I I heard that. But I think most of the time in life, we're not listening to what God is saying. We're not listening to what God is trying to tell us about our life right now. And, And it happens. We'll have people that tell us things and see our blind spots, and will tell us things about our life, and they'll say, I've seen this for a while. You've seemed like you've been very depressed. They've been saying the same thing to you over and over again. You don't seem like yourself over and over again. But what? We're not listening. Why? Because we're looking for some kind of different messenger. We're looking for some kind of different presentation. And we're just simply not listening. Is it possible? First of all, God is here in your life and he is not silent. He's in this moment of your life. He's not silent. He's saying something to you. I think the question is, are you listening? So the first point of of who we need to listen to, this story tells us who we need to listen to. All right, this is is a, a, a thing that I've heard many times over the years, but shepherds. The way God chooses to reveal this glorious, amazing thing to these shepherds. Shepherds to us, we kind of think of like, you know, the person in the play that puts on the the towel and, you know, wraps the thing around their head and they've got the staff. And, you know, when we think of a shepherd, we're thinking of like movies that we've seen as shepherds and they're these gentle, you know, strong, powerful 
people that love the sheep and these kind. And we have these images of shepherds, but what an image that we don't have of shepherds is the way shepherds were actually viewed in this culture. They were viewed worse than homeless people, worse than drug addicts. That they were the lowest level of society. Shepherds. As a matter of fact, if you research it, you'll find that shepherds were so despised as a profession that their testimony was not even admissible in a courtroom. So if a shepherd saw a murder and they said, yeah, I was there, he killed him, they'd say, sorry, dude, you're a shepherd, we're not listening to you. Just no, no regard whatsoever for shepherds. So isn't it interesting? I don't think we really hear this story through that lens very often. That God chooses again and again and again and again throughout scripture, lowly nobodies, to reveal his glory to. So not people that are qualified, not people that have it all together, not people that have the right degree or the right pedigree, but people, in fact, who are hated by everyone. That's exactly what happens. But they got the glory. They got to experience the most wonderful thing. Heavenly choirs. Praising and honoring Jesus and glorifying God, these shepherds, these nobodies, these flawed people with blind spots all over the place. And I think there's a lot of us that we miss what God is saying because the messenger that he's speaking through has so many blind spots to us. We don't like the presentation because we don't like the person. And God uses people all the time. It's, it's a benchmark in filmmaking, in storytelling, how you know, the, the, the very lowly you know, homeless person or the very uh, poor person or the, or, or the person who is the least likely, the servant in the household, says something incredibly wise. Storytelling does pretty good at this, but we miss it in our own lives. We don't want shepherds. We want royals. We, what we get is a bunch of fishermen. <laughs> we get a bunch of fishermen. You ever been around fishermen? Fishermen is raw. I mean, these, these people are raw. I, I grew up with my, my dad. We used to go fishing. My mom and dad, every single weekend we were over at the coast and hanging out and on boats and stuff like that. I mean, my, my parents love fishing. But just being around fishermen, if you ever, ever go into a bait shop and you're around people that are helping you with bait, I mean, you're going to learn some new words. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to walk out with an expanded vocabulary. Your IQ may have shrunk, but your vocabulary grow, has grown. Um, this is what we get, though, with, with the disciples. We get a bunch of nobodies that, that are all we have. Jesus spends 40 days with them after his resurrection. He spends time with them, just appearing to them and, and, and teaching them, <coughs> excuse me, and pouring into them. And when he's gone, they're all we're left with. We're like, really, the fishermen, that's all we get? Really, the shepherds, that's all we get? Really, my husband that nags at me all the time, that's all I get? Really, my kid that tells me all the time that we should be going to church more often, that's all I get. I want somebody with a degree. I want somebody with a blue check by their name. 
I want somebody that is known. I want somebody that is celebrated. I want somebody that knows what they're talking about. Sorry, you're not going to get that with the Bible because that's not the people God chooses. The people God chooses to speak to us are messed up. And that's the whole point. We want to find flaws in the messenger. There are people here that you rejected the advice your parents gave you about God because they are flawed. There are people here that, that never listened to what your parents said about God, even though what they said was right. You didn't listen to what your parents said because somebody cheated, because somebody was an alcoholic, because somebody took your discipline too far. So therefore, you disregarded the good things that they said about God because there were flaws in the messenger. And it's, it's called a logical fallacy. In the world of debate, it's called ad hominem. And what that means is that if you ever are in a debate with someone, you can tell when they're really digressing and they're losing because they will stop addressing the arguments that you're making and they'll start attacking you. That's what ad hominem means. It means against the person. It's an argument against the person. And if I'm having a theological conversation with someone, I can always tell when they don't like where I'm going if they start saying, well, did you grow up Catholic or did you grow up so-and-so? Well, first of all, it has nothing to do that, that, how someone grew up or what they went through has nothing to do with what the person is saying. A person can say something that is totally true but not be from a certain place or whatever just because you know, it's, like, it's like telling me that because I'm not born in New York, I can't say if I like New York restaurants or not. I do like New York restaurants. I just don't like their football teams. So, so ad hominem is a weak tactic that we use, and it's defensive because sometimes we don't like what's being said, so we try to come against the person that is saying it. And I got news for you. This is the way we act when it comes to God. We love having the right person give us the message that we think sounds the best for us. So we can celebrate and say, do you know who said this? Do you know what was happening when it was said? It was like heavens thundered and a big cloud opened up and, and the, the anointing just fell and hit me on the spot. Well, th that's probably not the way God's going to speak to you. He does speak like that, absolutely. But it's probably not how it's going to work. You say, well, wh you don't sound like a faith person. Well, I mean... Have you ever read 1 Kings chapter 19 uh, when Elisha's up on the mountaintop and he's suicidal? He is actually depressed and says, take my life from me, God. I want to die. And God tells him to go out and all of a sudden a fire falls down. The Bible says that God was not in the fire. Then an earthquake happens. And the Bible says that God was not in the earthquake. That means that God was not in it. Then a, a huge wind happens. And it said God was not in that wind. Then what happens? A whisper. And it said the voice of the Lord was in that whisper. What does that mean? It means that we judge most of the time the validity of the message by how we judge the messenger. 
And what it means to me is that God is speaking to us all the time. And it's just going in one ear out there. We're going, that's awesome. And God's going, no, that's not awesome. That's something you need to work on. That's something I've been trying to change in you for 20 years. But you're oblivious because you don't like who's telling you. And you don't like the way it sounds either. You don't like the message either. But we're not on that yet. We're on who we need to listen to. Okay. We want an angel. But God actually will send us a shepherd. We want an angel. But God sends us a shepherd. All right, so that's who we need to listen to. So who do we need to listen to? Uh, Here's the answer, you know, without being too on the nose here. Whoever God sends. That is the answer. It doesn't matter how they smell. It doesn't matter how they look. It doesn't matter how tall they are. It doesn't matter if they've got a phone or don't have a phone. It doesn't matter who they are. If God is speaking, you listen. If it's a child, you humble yourself and you listen. Through the mouth of babes, right? I mean, isn't there a scripture? Do you remember a scripture with a guy named Balaam? Didn't God, I mean, my dad always used to say he spoke through an ass. I mean, because that's, that's, the, the, that's literally the King James Version says an ass. Uh, but I think the modern way is donkey. Uh, the, the, the King James Version says that he spoke through the donkey. And if God can speak through a donkey and will speak through a donkey, it shows us that he'll use anyone if we'll just listen. He'll use anything if we just listen. Can I get an amen from somewhere here today? So there's who we need to listen to. I got news for you. This is just a warning. You're not going to like a lot of this message, okay? I'm not done with this. I mean, it gets worse, okay? So it doesn't get better. It gets worse. So you may want to consider, uh, you know, how this is going to hit you here today. So, so there's, there's who we need to listen to. Then number two, there's what we need to listen for. If we don't listen for God's message, we will miss it. Why? Because we think we know what God's message actually sounds like, but we don't. We think that God's message sounds something like this. If I live a good life, if I go to church, if I pay my tithes, if I worship enough and listen to the right Christian playlist, Then I will live a peaceful life without too many problems. I will have nice stuff. I won't get sick. Nobody that I know is going to have anything bad happen to them. I'll just be able to have total fun for the rest of my life. What planet did we get that message from? What Bible did we get that from? Because I seem to remember Jesus, who actually was the son of God himself, who came to the earth and when he recapped his entire life, he said, for this cause I was born. What was he referring to? To be crucified for something he didn't do. The book of Isaiah called him a man of suffering. Why do we put that message out there that we're looking for a life with no pushback? We're looking for a life with no problems. And here's what's scary is this, this junky message that we're looking for. People are actually making it happen in their life. And you could call whatever you want, manifest whatever, but in an ungodly way, they're manifesting this carefree, 
problem-free life, but they're not doing it through Jesus. They're doing it in spite of him. Because you can, you can put blinders on in life and close your eyes to difficulties and cr- close your li- eyes to your own blind spots. You can forget about the problems that are in your own bed at night. Between you and your spouse, between you and your kids, you can figure out ways to look at life in this kind of way where you think everything is worth working and it's not. You so desperately want this message. No problems, no pain, no hurt. You forget about the the fact that we're only promised the absence of those things in heaven. What are we promised here on earth? Peace in our hearts. Not in our lives, in our hearts. That's actually what the message of Christmas is. It's peace has come here through a person. That person is Jesus. He is our Messiah. But anybody that is trying to sell you some kind of gospel that tells you that you can check out of problems is lying to you. And what's crazy is people love this. They love this message until they don't know what to do when it doesn't work. I will give you a peaceful, comfortable life is not something that God will say to you. And and also, the other thing, too, is, is that the reason we need to know who to listen to and what to listen for is because we have this feeling that if we try hard enough, that then we'll get the message. If I just do enough, if I'm just good enough, if I can ever figure this out or quit doing this or start doing that, if I can ever work it out myself, then I will have this life. And then obviously, here's the other thing. Here's the caveat that people add when they're going for that life and something doesn't work out. They're going for the perfect life. They're like, oh, Well, you must have done something wrong. You didn't pray enough. I went to a funeral one time with my family of a child that had died. A child that had died of a rare disease. And all these world-renowned leaders were there. And this is 25 years ago. And someone asked from the stage, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what did we do wrong? I'll never forget that. What a stupid comment. It's ridiculous. We we live in a world that is full of pain and suffering. Jesus has promised to be our peace in the middle of these problems. He has promised that he will not leave us nor forsake us. It doesn't mean the problems disappear. You didn't do something wrong because somebody died. It's not your lack of anything because somebody experienced pain or suffering or problems. As a matter of fact, you might have done a lot right. It's the opposite. Why do we think that we can earn something that God has given to us as a gift? Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be on Christmas if I gave my children presents and they said, thank you, dad. I love this. I'm going to go outside and and mow the lawn 20 times. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I'm going to go wash your car. Thank you for doing it. You're not washing anything. That's a gift. No, but I want to earn it. No, 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 no. You are not earning anything. I gave you something because I love you. 
You don't have to earn anything. That's what a gift is. Stop trying to earn it. And this is a problem that we have. It's one of the biggest problems that we have with the actual gospel. And we hate it. Nobody likes to admit it, but we hate it. We hate that we can't earn it. We hate that it has nothing. You say, you seem a little edgy. I am. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. He loves you unconditionally. And this message of Christmas is only about a God that loves his people and gave them a gift that they could never possibly deserve or earn. So stop trying to earn something that was given to you. So we find out in this message who we need to listen to. We find out what we need to listen for. for. I mean, is that the message that, I mean, is it the message that the, the, the shepherds received that night? Did the angels come and say, if you earn it, you can have a peaceful life? No. What a dumb, I mean, what a, what a ridiculous message that would be. Did, did, the, did the angels come and say, this will be your year of breakthrough, shepherds? Did they come say, hey, shepherds, new levels, new devils? Hey, shepherds, rest of your life, best of your life. No. No. Their message was this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Hey, his favor rests on me for reasons that have nothing to do with me. Say, how do you know? Because I know myself. I don't deserve it. See, what the translation of this is, and I'm not saying that I'm translating it, I'm saying this is what it actually means. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. It means that there's been a war going on between heaven and earth forever. But Jesus came to make peace between heaven and earth, and now you have him. He reconnects you back to God. Jesus is the one that reconnects Peace has come to us. It doesn't mean a peaceful life from now on, but it means that we have peace from now on. And this is the message that we need to be listening for. This is the one we need to be hearing. Not the one that we've been looking for. And what it tells us is that we can now stop doing God's job. One amen. So I'll say it again. We can stop doing God's job. You say, well, I don't even know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. Because when we judge people, when we won't forgive people, when we are vindictive, when we remember what they did yesterday, and we remember what they did the day before, what are we doing? We're saying, I'm not letting them get away with that. What does that mean? It means I have no faith whatsoever in the God of the universe. I don't trust God that he is able to settle things in a way that pleases him. He needs my help. So therefore, I won't forgive. I won't let go of this injustice. I will make sure this person receives exactly what they deserve because God might have forgotten. Look at someone next to you 
and with a huge smile. It has to look nice, because you can't say this without a big, huge smile. Say, stop doing God's job. I know it's hard, but say, say stop doing God's job. <laughs> Come on, type it online. You gotta put a smiley face or an emoji on there or something, though, because that's gonna look pretty harsh in written form. Worrying is trying to do God's job. What are you doing? You're going over all the things that are gonna happen if this doesn't work out and that doesn't work out. Put your hand on your heart and say, it's gonna be okay. Whatever happens, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. See, this Christmas message needs to let us know that, that we need to listen, who we need to listen to, we need to start listening to the right people. It, it, it adjusts what we need to listen for. And I encourage you really quick today, you're probably trying to do God's job way too much. Stop. Let him do what he's really good at doing. What's that? Running the universe. And being good and being in control and being a good God. And being fair. I got news for you. But one of the reasons that we forgive is God does a much better job at judging than we do. He does a much better job of judgment and executing things than we do. It's really sad when we don't learn how to let things go. It's the only way that we can have the peace that was promised to us is to rest. But, but what they did to me, I can't ever smile at them again. If I do, it means that I'm just affirming all the things they've done. No, you actually can smile again. And what you can smile in is going, I actually don't have to worry about this anymore. I have completely given this to the Lord. And I trust that he is so much more faithful to take care of things than I am. Now I can let it go and move on into a future that's unencumbered by the judgments of the past. So who we need to listen to teaches us what we need to listen for. And then finally, I love this. You have to love the last point, right? I mean, you got three of them. It teaches us how we need to listen. It says, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. So th think about this. They come back and start telling everyone all these incredible things. And it says, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They're even amazed at the shepherds. I mean, even though they don't like these guys and they're like the lower rung of society, they're going, whoa, this is incredible. I'm amazed. Woo, angels. That's Did you hear that? Angels, like a, like a heavenly host. They're singing. It's a choir. You guys, come listen to this. This is an incredible story. And you walk on, man, can you believe that? That's unbelievable. Angels, gosh, that'd be cool to see angels. These guys are just regular shepherds. That's amazing. This is about the level of change they experienced. When you see something incredible, what do you do? You talk about it a little bit. You maybe talk about it on the way home. Man, that was amazing. Wasn't that really cool? Yeah, that's amazing. And then the subject changes. That's what happened to them. See, but it goes on. It says, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But, but Mary treasured up all these Treasured here means memorized. She memorized everything that happened 
I wonder if what God is saying to you right now about your life in this service, the things in your life that you have not wanted to let go of, the things in your life that you know you do on a regular basis, but you haven't given him, the things that are challenging you, the, one, the, the ones that you're trying to, you really don't want to listen to what God is telling you, those things. I wonder if you let him speak to you, will this just be one of those messages where you go, oh, Oh, that was really good. Yeah, that was good. That's, man, that really told it like it was today. That's, that's a different kind of Christmas message. That's, 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 that's good. Yeah, you guys hungry? You know, it's, it's like you change the subject at some point. Is it going to be like that? Or I wonder if it's going to be like what Mary experiences. It says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She let this message change. Will you let this message change you? How do you let it change you? You memorize it? What does ponder mean? Actually, that word ponder means to have a conversation. I love that. Because I got news for you. When the Holy Spirit really speaks to you about your life, and what the blind spots that you have, and the things you haven't given him, that's really what happens. Is you start to have a conversation. God. You go, wow, Lord, I'm really like that. Huh? Yeah. What, what, what can I do? How can I change? I don't want to do something that distances me from you. Well, it's, it's going to be hard, but every day I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I'm going to encourage you. Just keep worshiping me. Keep following me. Keep loving me. I'm going to keep giving you little outs every day, ways to change that behavior. You're going to grow. It's going to, it's going to be tough. You're going to grow. You're going to learn. What happens? You're having this conversation. You're pondering. It's not, I got news for you. Pondering it is not just posting it on your Instagram. There's a big difference in pondering and posting. Pondering is a dialogue that takes place back and forth. When did we lose the desire to have a dialogue back and forth with God about our life? We have to stop looking the gospel and church is just a way to get a bunch of answers that satisfy our mind. We have to start asking the Lord to use it as a way of opening up our heart to create an ongoing dialogue about our spiritual development. And are we living in the peace of God? So I love this story. It's a very simple story, but it does teach us who we need to listen to. So I got news for you. The person that is the most annoying to you right now might be the person that God is trying to speak through. Why are you annoyed? Because you don't want to hear what God has to say. And honestly, we get annoyed a lot of times with people that we know are right. Wives, quit poking your husbands in the ribs right now. Okay, this is, this is not, it's not appropriate. Yeah, that, that might be the one message, the thing that your kid has been telling you over and over. And you're going, who are you? Your kid, what do you know? Well, who are these shepherds? Who are you? What do you know? They don't know anything. All they know is that God showed them something that changed the world. So it teaches us who, who we need to listen to. And sometimes that's not pretty. It teaches us what we need to listen for. That's definitely not pretty. And then it teaches us how we need to listen, which is 
thoughtfully and deeply. I hope that's something that touches your heart today. I hope it encourages you and lifts you up. I know it's not a normal kind of a Christmas message, but uh, definitely something I felt like God put in my heart that can get a dialogue going back and forth between our heart and heaven uh, for the rest of 2022. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, those of you that are watching online, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, unless you're listening to a podcast and you're driving, and I suggest pulling over or listening to this later. But right now, if you could just pay attention to what the Lord is uh, speaking to you. God loves you today. He cares for you today. We live such merit-based lives where we like to take responsibility for any good thing that's happened to us. Lord, let us be humbled today by the beauty of this message of Christmas that you sent a gift that we cannot comprehend. And it's the gift for us that trumps every other gift. Lord, in this world of Christmas movies and Christmas stories, where all of it really is about people finding something that they've been doing wrong and then they finally learn the secret and get the Christmas magic. This is nothing like that, God. This is heaven that came to earth for us. We did nothing right to deserve it. You gave this gift nonetheless. I pray today that our hearts would be humbled to be able to receive truth from wherever you send it from. Don't let us be judgmental toward the people that say it. Lord, I pray that you would condition our ears to know what the gospel really sounds like. That we could quit living in la-la land, what faith is supposed to be, and realize that it is hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, it hurts sometimes. But we always have your peace in the middle of it. That's not a watered-down version of the truth of your gospel. I pray, God, that finally we would learn how we're supposed to receive this message deeply in our hearts. I pray each person here today with heads bowed, eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, you need to commit your life to Jesus. You need to say, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, come into my heart. No one's looking around. When I count to three, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hands above your head. Those who are watching online, I'm gonna ask that you type in the chat. I need Jesus, I'm lifting my hand on three. Here we go. One, the Bible says, now is the time of salvation. Two, I believe every person here has been drawn here by the power of the Holy Spirit for this very moment. Three, hands lifted all over the room. If that's your hands going up all over this room, every single section, every single section. Thank God, praise God, many, many people. The Lord sees your hand, that's incredible. Could you pray this prayer out loud and believe in your heart that God is moving, and he is. <laughs> Say, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Thank you so much for the gift of Jesus, my Savior, my King, sent to earth to close the gap between heaven and earth. I thank you, Lord, that you know my sins, they're wrong, but you love me anyways. I thank you that Jesus stood in on my behalf, took my sins to the cross, died a death for me so I could have righteousness and eternal life. 
lifting my hand, I'm lifting my heart, confessing with my heart, confessing with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I will be with you someday in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, could we give God a great praise today on Sunday morning? God is moving. Many people's lives changed today. God bless you. We love you very much. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.